My name is Ayumi, my pronouns are she, her, hers, and you're listening to Sparkle Side Chats with Magical Girl Ayumi. How are you doing this week? I hope everything is going alright for you. If you're new here, we're happy to have you, and if you're returning, welcome back! I'm quite excited for this week's episode, our first with a creator, but first let's talk about my current Magical Girl viewings. As usual, I was mostly watching stuff for future episodes, but I got a bit sidetracked this week. Mostly due to the fact that someone else is renting the same show I was trying to get my hands on. And so I couldn't do all my viewing research. I still wanted to watch something, so I rented some stuff I hadn't seen at all before. Full Moon Osugashite from 2002, Fate Kelly's Liner Prisma Ilya from 2013, and Magical Girl Raising Project from 2016. I'm going to be honest, if it weren't for this podcast, I might not want to continue Prisma Ilya, but there will be an episode where we talk about it someday, so I will finish it. I was only able to watch two episodes, so I could only comment on so much anyway. The other two I was more intrigued by, and I will be continuing in the future, of course. Also, I'm very excited for Spec Ops Asuka after watching one episode. Another thing I discovered kind of for the first time is some Akubi-chan, which is free on Prime Video. So this is a spin-off of an older show called The Genie Family in English, or Hakushon Daimayo in Japanese. Not gonna lie, it's not great in terms of stereotypes, but basically it's a comedy of errors kind of story about a father and daughter genie team being very bad at helping their master. Hakushon is the onomatopoeia for sneezing, so sneezing releases him from his magic base, and Akubi is the onomatopoeia for yawning, so you get the idea. The original series is from 1969, though this year a new reboot was done as well, so I suppose it's still popular. Akubi has two spin-offs, Yobarete Tobidete Akubi-chan from 2002 and Akubi Garu from 2006. The animation is very simplistic and the designs haven't changed too much from their originals. It's Interesting in terms of being a very late 60s, early 70s look, but using modern animation techniques. If you know or like these series, please let me know what you think. Knowing what people want to hear about will help me to plan future episodes. Which reminds me, we now have an email for the podcast. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback on current episodes or ideas for future ones, please send them to sparklesidechats at gmail.com. Of course, DMs on Twitter are still open, and so is the audio message section on Anchor. I had mentioned last week making a YouTube channel. Um, the channel has been made, but now I actually have to make the videos, so hopefully I'll be able to figure that out soon. Anyway, Another thing I've been trying to do since before the podcast is watching all of Pretty Cure straight through. I'm currently at the beginning of Max Heart this way, watching on Prime Video, but of course as future episodes are about Pretty Cure, I'm watching other seasons in preparation for whatever is coming up next. 
it's been really nice watching the series in order. It kind of helps to remind myself of the context, especially in terms of what was going on in that time, which you can kind of lose track of when you are watching series out of order, especially for Pretty Cure. So let's move on to the news. This is the final episode of this month, and October is the start of many new animated series in Japan. I tried my best to figure out just how many are of the magical girl genre. It's become a little difficult as there are many similar looking shows, which might just be a very cute idol series or stories about magic that feature female characters, but I tried to stick with what seems most like the actual original concept of magical girls as we tend to know them today. If I've missed anything, please let me know. First, two series that are getting continuations. One is the net series Seizei Ganbare, Maho Shoujo Kurumi, which will go into its third season. These are very short form episodes and quite cute. I will link to the YouTube channel in the show notes along with everything else, but I don't know if it will be viewable outside of Japan. A lot of these official releases are quite restricted on YouTube. The next continuing series is Strike Witches Road to Berlin. Now, I haven't watched Strike Witches myself, so I don't really know a lot about this one. I mean, I know visually how it looks. It's a Seinen series and one that has a little bit more of that Lolita complex thing going on, which I've already been very clear I'm not a fan of, but still, it's a very popular series, so we will see what happens. And as always, I would love to hear if you are a fan of this series, so please don't take this as judgment because, as I always say, if I haven't actually watched it, I can't really comment on it, so I don't really want to get full judgment of the series until I actually watch a full episode, which I'm sure I'll get to one of these days. I believe I did see it at the video store, so it's on my list. The next series I wanted to mention we already talked about Majo no Tabi Tabi or the journey of Elena last, not last week, but a few weeks ago. So I don't want to get into detail about that one right here because I've already gone into it a bit more before, but that one is also starting next month, so that's exciting. Again, it looks very stunning, so I'm very excited to see how it goes. I always love a good witch. And speaking of witches, there is also another series that has witch in the title. So this one I didn't really know anything about until I was looking into it more. The PV was very intriguing. So Burn the Witch is another series that's coming out soon. And this one I know for sure is also going to be simulcast on Crunchyroll. So that's great for Crunchyroll users and people outside of Japan. They can get it right away. So Burn the Witch is actually a spin-off of the Shonen series Bleach. And the comic was published in Weekly Shonen Jump. There aren't that many comics from what I understand, but apparently it was very popular. And this is kind of a side story featuring two girls in a place called Reverse London. Now, I think I have seen maybe two episodes of Bleach in my entire life. I really, really, really don't watch Shonen at all, so I don't understand exactly what's going on, but the characters look really cool and the animation looks really nice. So I'm going to assume it's probably going to be awesome. And honestly, 
any time that you take a series that's mostly with boys and switch it up to be mostly about girls, I'm on board. Famously, Final Fantasy X-2 was my first Final Fantasy, so that probably says all you need to know. <laughs> the last series that I want to talk about today um, that's upcoming is called Assault Lily Bouquet, or, well, in Japanese we use the French pronunciation of bouquet, but anyway, so Assault Lily Bouquet is a series that I want to say it looks like a Magical Girl series, but I don't actually know for sure if it is, so just that grain of salt if you please. Um, but it definitely looks to have that vibe, um, very much in the vein of other shows like Spec Ops Asuka, or even, well, it's a little bit more more cute, kind of like Yuki Unai's a hero, or, oh, I actually just discovered this literally to the day of recording this segment uh, at the video store. The series Grand Belm? Grand Belm, anyway, which when I saw the art, I thought it was Yuki Yuna as a hero because the art looks so similar, the costume looks so similar, but it is apparently a Mecha Magical Girl series. So awesome if you're into that sort of thing. I Mecha is not really something I generally gravitate towards, but I am open to all kinds of magical girls. That's why we're here. So uh, <laughs> uh, actually immediately had tweeted about it and found out that, oh, one of my friends has watched it. So that's exciting. It is a very new series. That one is from 2019. But getting back to Assault Lily Bouquet, this one is another animated adaptation of, I think, a light novel series and comic. I'm not sure though, but either way, it looks very beautiful, but it's definitely seinen. It's got that military kind of vibe, but not as rough as something like Spec Ops Asuka, I think, if that makes sense. So what are you looking forward to watching or what are you watching currently? It doesn't have to be something that's coming out next month. Please let me know uh, again, email, DMs, however you want to contact the pod. I really 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 want to hear from people it makes me really happy every piece of feedback i cherish deeply i want to know what my listeners are thinking you know i don't think the podcast has received any ratings or reviews or i haven't received any notifications of them so i have absolutely no way of knowing for sure or not but if you can i know that a lot of people are listening on apple podcasts so if you can rate the podcast that would really be so meaningful for me. It's not the big podcast. We are third rate at best. <laughs> Let's move on to today's topic. So, as I mentioned earlier, this is our first episode with a creator of a Magical Girl series. So this is extremely exciting. As we have mentioned quite a few times before, there are many a Magical Girl comic out there. And there are now uh, webtoons, and um, some people even go so far as to do their own animations. So I really, really, really want to be able to highlight and... I don't necessarily think this is a very big platform, but at least, you know, talk to people about the process of creating their own Magical Girl series, especially because, well, selfishly, it's something I want to do in the future as well. I have many ideas. So today's 
is a very interesting story actually because uh, this is a talk with Dominique, the creator of Bug County. So she's um, she'll introduce herself a little bit later, but basically I was already following her on Twitter because she is a fantastic artist, a really great follow. And during the summer, I had seen her very lovely uh, concept art for some magical girls. And I was like, oh my god, please give me more. I really love these, especially the main characters. Pretty much immediately as she announced that she was starting a magical girl webcomic, I just hit her up and I said, please talk to me on my podcast about magical girls. And she was so kind to agree. So that's how we're here. And by the way, so this is a current one, um, a very recent webcomic. So there are not that many pages. I will be leaving the link in the show notes. So you can go right away there or you can check the Twitter as well for a link to the webcomic. But yeah, so I think the only other thing, uh, we do just talk generally about Magical Girls for quite some time before we actually get into her comic. But just one small note, because it's it's something I think that people will notice right away if I don't say anything. While we were talking about Pretty Cure, she accidentally attributed the character Cure Passion to Sweet Pretty Cure, but actually she's from Fresh Pretty Cure. So just wanted to put that in because I didn't have time to correct her at the time. Um, I know she knows um, it was something that just was a slip of the tongue. You know, it happens. Anyway. Of course, there's no music for her series, so I asked personally for her favorite music for what she might want to go in and out on. So that might also tell you a little bit about her as well. <laughs> so let's move right along to our talk with Dominique. So today we're going to be talking to a magical girl creator. Can you please introduce yourself? Hi everybody, my name is Dominique Davis or aka uh, Petal Romance Online. You can find me on Instagram and a Twitter by that name and my pronouns are she, her. I do comics and illustrations. Great, thank you. And um, we are here to talk to you about your uh, new magical girl webcomic, Bug County. So let's just get started with uh, your history. Uh, what is your history with magical girls in general? Okay, so my history with magical girls. So let's see, I'm 23 now. I've been watching magical girls since I was about five years old. I remember my dad, uh, the specific moment, my dad came home from work because he used to work night shifts, right? And mm -hmm. he brought me home this Sailor Moon VHS tape. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, a funny thing about these Sailor Moon VHS tapes is that they were just random episodes. So I just had like, I don't, I think there's like three or five different episodes on there, and I had two different VHS tapes from two separate seasons. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's yeah, that's really random. <laughs> I think I had like the mid-season finale of season two when um right before we found out that Chibi Moon was Sailor Moon's uh daughter and. Mm -hmm. Then I had the mid-season finale in season three 
when Uranus and Neptune realize that they have the uh, pure heart crystal, spoiler alert, but it's, it's kind of too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's we're past the spoiler. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just remember watching specifically the season four VHS tapes so often, and mm-hmm. I fell in love with Sailor Moon so hard that uh, I used to like put my hair in specifically in pigtails. I didn't get the buns right, but I put my hair specifically in pigtails to be like Sailor Moon, and mm, I, I see. Would do a little hand sign and everything. <laughs> okay, so you said you started uh, you were five, so. Uh, I'm trying to do the math, mental math here. Would that have been like in the early 2000s? Yes, definitely very early 2000s. Okay, I see, I see. So that's interesting because that means you you kind of got into Sailor Moon after they finished the production, after like it was airing on TV. Oh yeah, because by the time Sailor Moon, because I, I did the research, because I was like, was I born in time for Sailor Moon to still be airing? I wasn't. <laughs> uh, by the time it was even airing in America on Toonami, I was still, I think I was too young, because I remember some of my older cousins remember watching it on Toonami, but I was too young for mm-hmm. that. And Yeah, but to be fair, yeah, Toonami, I don't think was really made, like, to feel for the really young kids. Oh, yeah. Even though Sailor <laughs> Moon is definitely... I watched Sailor Moon in Japan when I was a baby because when it first aired uh, in Japan, it was 92. So mm-hmm. I was born in 1990. So I was, yeah, I was watching it for sure. Uh, everyone confirms I was watching it. So, Aww. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Um, I, I think that I think that has to do with like how it was packaged in the U.S. though. Yeah. And um, it's been really interesting for me lately because I really adore going back and watching the old um, 90s English dubs, even though mm-hmm. they're cringy. I just, I really think that the voice actors did a good job of like capturing everybody's uh, personalities really well. Yeah. Even though like the whole thing with Uranus and Neptune is pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. The voice actors still did a good job of portraying the personalities, I felt. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, and for any listeners who are not aware about what happened to Uranus and Neptune in the dub, this is something that like is kind of commonly known for people who are familiar, but in the uh, original series, uh, Uranus and Neptune, or Haruka and Michu, are lovers, but in the 90s dub, they were relabeled cousins to explain their closeness. <laughs> yeah. Um, so of course in hindsight it looks very absurd to most folks but um yeah that's that's just how it was at the time yeah and what made it even weirder is that most of their dialogue really wasn't changed much to reflect them being cousins yeah so it still had that interesting not it well i guess it made it interesting because things were happening but it was like i know that they're cousins but this is this looks really romantic so now i'm confused (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I think that, I mean, there are a lot of different things in the dub like that. And this is not just in the US. There are definitely other dubs that have done similar things. I think that there are things that, you know, you kind of naturally pick up on, even if they're trying to cover it up. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. And that's- <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was born in 97. So I think I was born a week after the Sailor Stars arc ended. <laughs> made me very sad to find that out yeah though um the sailor stars arc didn't air in the u.s at all i think 
I'm not sure about this. I haven't actually watched any of the new dub um, that was done recently, so I believe it's covering Sailor Stars as well, but I don't know where they are with that. Uh, I think it recently came out. So I know Viz Media recently put out the Sailor Stars collection with the new dubbing and stuff. Okay. But I, I'm personally not a fan of the new voice acting, so I'll just, I'll either just watch it in subs forever, or I'll buy all the 90s DVDs off of eBay. It's, it's not that hard for me. <laughs> but Sailor Moon has, like, a super big spot in my heart, and then later into my more, like, I guess, preteen, middle school years, I was obsessed with Mermaid Melody. Oh my god, okay, yeah. Me too, me too. Oh my god, like, so I read, I think I read all of the manga. I think I, I know I had the first two, but I read majority of the manga, and then I watched as much as I could of the anime, because this was still, like, early, mid-2000s, so... Mm -hmm. Most of my anime was found on YouTube. Very dark days. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely much harder to get at that time. <laughs> yeah, because I also was watching at that time. Uh, but, goodness, I don't actually remember how I watched it. But probably also YouTube. I eventually <laughs> ended up watching it in three languages. So. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I've watched it all the way through in uh, yeah Japanese, Italian, and French. So I'm also a big mermaid melody fan so i f i feel you you know <laughs> I so many mermaids back back as a kid just because of that and they all look like lucia <laughs> wow interesting mm. oh man I, this is like now i'm thinking about all the magical girl shows i watched and there's so many i've watched so many i think i read all of kimi chama karen ah yes yes kimi chama karen yeah I, I'm pretty sure I read all of the sequel ones with the Chew, I, but I think she, she didn't mm -hmm. really the final issue. <laughs> ah. Hmm. That really sucked. Because the, um, it was really crazy because at the end of the anime, they said, okay, well, season two is coming next year, but season two never happened. So luckily for me, I read it all, but I was very distraught. Yeah, that's fair. I would like to look into why that's the case. I, I'm not very familiar with that series. I mean, I knew it and... I did read the few chapters um, when I was buying the Nakoshi magazine mm -hmm. um, that that was printed in. I did read those chapters and it looked cute, but I never really got into it myself. Oh, yeah, it was it was super cute. Uh, I adored it. And then I'm pretty sure I, I watched a few other ones. But the thing is that they were still this is when America was dubbing a lot of the anime, having them air in the morning. So mm -hmm. I watched uh, Mew Mew Power, <laughs> which is Mew Mew yeah. in the English club uh, when I was growing up. And then I think a few years back, I went back and I watched it all in the original um, subbing of it. And that was really good. Mm -hmm. I'm curious because, I mean, you were still a kid at that time. I was in high school when Mew Mew Power came to the U.S. So oh. had a very a different experience. <laughs> but um, I'm I'm curious how that was for you watching it. Being younger oh it was great because remember i already grew up on sailor moon so i was like oh this, this is everything i thought is everything i wanted yeah hmm. so it was nice getting to have that and then um i was still a pretty avid manga reader i think i read manga all the way up until high school and then i kind of fell off for a while because mm -hmm. i remember one of my favorite mangas it was um like i said my my uh my mermaid melody issues and then 
I had this beloved one-off, or I think it was a one-off, of the Tokyo Mew Mew a la mode. Ah, yeah. There were only two issues of that one, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I had the first issue. I never got the second one. Mm, It was okay, yeah. Um, (laughs) There's actually a... There's a third, um, I actually haven't talked about it yet on the podcast, but there's actually a third comic series, um, which is called Tokyo Mew Mew Ole, and it's all guys that are muse. Oh. With a female main character. So it's a different artist, but the same franchise. And yeah, I'm, I'm gonna probably check it out before um, the new Tokyo Mew Mew comes out. So is the new Tokyo Mew Mew with the guys or with the girls? Oh no! So the comic, the new comic is is just got actually. I don't think it's that new, but they're pushing it a lot uh, in anticipation for Tokyo Mew Mew New, <laughs> um, which is going to be the new reboot series, and that's going to have all the original cast. They just finished the auditions for the voice actors, so I don't know how much longer it'll take after that for them to finalize everything. Oh, yeah. So I don't know now how long it's going to take for them to actually announce the winners and then all of that stuff because that hasn't been announced yet that is interesting i will be i'll definitely watch that because i did i did enjoy um a lot of mew mew power or tokyo mew mew (laughs) growing up Mm -hmm. um let's see later on in the high school which was very which is very interesting now looking back at it or first would you classify Revolutionary Girl Utsuno as a magical girl show? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think a lot of people do classify it as being magical girl. I, it's one of those that's kind of, I've mentioned before, but magical girls, it's not really an extremely defined genre. So like even in like Japan, it's not actually really defined as kind of like a sub-sub-genre of heroine anime. So mm-hmm. for me, I think that it's, Okay, I mean, I haven't actually watched it myself, so I can't comment in detail. I want to, I know, I know, I know, I really should (laughs) watch it. I I will get to it one of these days, but, so I can't really speak on it in detail, but it does have a lot of uh, fans that classify it as Magical Girl. Yeah, because I know it it often gets classified as a Magical Girl show. I know it's interesting because it's not like, Madoka in which how Madoka goes about subverting the genre but it's Mm -hmm. that themes are a lot darker for that much earlier in the time of Magical Girls you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so it's interesting to have I guess these really heavy themes and to have these uh 14 year olds have to deal with them Mm -hmm. but I did I did watch all of Utena um and I watch all of Madoka I'm pretty sure I watched all the movies and everything with that mm-hmm. have you watched the new um Magia Record no I haven't I soak it I'm behind I have to go back and I have to watch it I think it only came out last year so it's not like you're super behind <laughs> yeah oh, that'll be easy for me to catch up on I think mm-hmm. I got halfway through Princess Tutu oh okay yeah that one's pretty uh pretty good pretty cute <laughs> yeah, it's cute. It, I like the fairy uh fairy tale storyline they kind of have going on with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Precure, mm-hmm. uh specifically Heartcatch. Heartcatch means a lot to me. Yeah, Heartcatch came out when I was I think a sophomore. I was a sophomore in high school when mm-hmm. Heartcatch came out, and I was having a really hard time because we just moved, 
and I was having a hard time making friends, but Heart Catch, like, the opening was really sweet, and um, I, the words just, like, really stuck with me, and it just made me feel really good. Yeah. Uh, interesting looking back at it, because I know a Pure franchise are more aimed at, like, younger children. Very much so, yeah. But I still am able to find, like, a level of, like, enjoyment from just like the pureness of it you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's a I mean yeah it's it's a much younger target audience but I think that it's fine I mean there are a lot of fans that are older and uh have you watched many seasons of Pretty Cure I've watched Heart Catch Smile All A Mode I haven't finished the original Pretty Cure but I've been watching on and off Mm-hmm. I've watched a few episodes of Healing Good, which is the current season. Mm-hmm. And oh, Go Princess! I loved Go Princess. Bro, Go Princess! Was really <laughs> good. Yeah. And I started fresh and sweet, but I didn't finish them. So I finished quite a few, and I've mm-hmm. started quite a few, and I've seen I've seen bits and pieces of a few of them. And I've watched maybe two or three of the movies, but this was back in high school, so I really can't remember it that much. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, I think it makes sense. Uh, Hard Catch is still now the most successful season of Pretty Cure. Oh wow. Yeah. Like even if you just look at the the basic sales of of goods and things like that, nothing has come close yet. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they're still doing fine, right? It's still very financially successful series, but um, yeah, it's Hard Catch was really, really big. It was good. It it just had like it had this air about it, and not to say the other ones don't, but I definitely didn't because I think Smile came out right after Heart Catch, which is why I watched it. Mm-hmm. I think Smile was airing when I was catching up on Heart Catch, and I just didn't get the same vibes from Smile as I did from heart catch but it was still cute and enjoyable yeah they're definitely very very different um seasons i think yeah uh go princess was really good go princess gave me similar heart catch vibes Mm -hmm. i really liked the story i really liked the uh fifth cure was she fifth no she had a fourth fourth cure yeah cure scarlet yeah cure scarlet (laughs) her backstory yeah Yes, 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 yes. It's very good. Um, I'm planning to probably name one of my children after her because that's how much I loved Cure Scarlet. So I totally get your uh, your feelings on it. <laughs> her and even though I didn't finish uh, Sweet for Cure, I still know about uh, Cure Passion. I have a spot for them. And then um, the two Cures in a la mode, Cure Macaron and Cure Chocolate, I love how oh, yeah. they kind of like made them an homage almost to Haruka Michiru. Oh, absolutely. Even more more explicit in the comics, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah um, have you looked at any of the comics for Pretty Cure? I maybe peaked, but I haven't taken a look. Even if you don't, I recommend that you follow the artists on Twitter. They have two different um, Twitter accounts. One is for their personal art, which is like all gay cats. And then um, their their actual main account where they post lots of pretty cute art. Um, sometimes they do fan art of stuff. So they have done art of Haruka Michiru and uh, they did, I think recently they did some fan art of uh, Into the Spider-Verse. And 
they are mostly posting like pretty cute art, but um, it's really it's really good. So it's they go by Kamikita Futako, but Futako means twin. So you can just call them the Kamikita Twins. And uh, they've done a lot of other art as well, but they have done all the comics for Pretty Cure that are printed in Nakaoshi Magazine. And they really push a lot of the subtext that is existing already in Pretty Cure. And so that includes for Cure uh, Makudo and Cure Shokura as well. Oh, yeah. I love that. I I will definitely have to find that. <laughs> I just loved their relationship because I think when uh, All of Mode came out, Tumblr was still kicking. Mm-hmm. So I was still like getting a lot of my pre-cure information from Tumblr. So I liked seeing like some of the promo art because I think I saw somewhere that they used one of uh, Uranus and Neptune's poses for chocolate and um, macaron. And I was like, this is so cute. I'm so happy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really glad that they did that. And then I'll probably find a way to finish watching Healing Good later. Or maybe I'll try and watch Pugtoe. But I, I do just generally really love... um the Precure fan franchise, it makes me very happy. Yeah, it's it's pretty good, I think. Uh, I'm a big fan as well, so I, I feel <laughs> you there. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of Healing Good based on um, the few... I'm guessing you are watching it on uh, Crunchyroll. Yeah, and that's the issue, because Crunchyroll only has episodes 13 and up, but not the first 12 mm-hmm. episodes, so I'm like, I don't know what's happening here, but I'll, I'll tag along. Yeah. Yeah, that I think that was definitely an issue for a lot of um, people. I've have seen people talking about Cure Earth a lot on Twitter. The I think the, here's the thing. I'm gonna be real honest with you. Uh-huh. The biggest reason why I got into Healing Good is because I saw a magical dog. <laughs> so. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's a princess. I was like, oh my god. She's a princess. <laughs> yeah. So that's very that cute. Sell me on it. I was like, magical dog. Oh my goodness. Yes. 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 Um I love all the the animal characters this season, but definitely Latte has become my favorite very quickly in the last few episodes. She's so pretty. Yes. I really 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 need to have like a plushie of her or something. <laughs> and it it's making it hard for me cuz I'm like in the process of like, looking for a dog to adopt right now or at least a pet uh, in So yeah. I'm the, the pet fever that I'm having right now is being exacerbated by magical girls. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You are very immersed in the magical girl fandom. So yeah, I want to talk more about your magical girl series that you've just started, Bug County. <laughs> what made you decide to like start? Like, what What was this development process? So the development process for Bug County came after... A weekend of me being very much in my mind. So, uh, as you know, in America, there's kind of a lot going on politically. And as a Black artist, it's it's very frustrating thinking about ways and, like, how you can get ahead, how you can break through and make it further in your career and stuff. Yeah. And for me at that time, I was in the mindset of, like, okay... Well, I know I have good ideas. I know I can do it. I just need the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I think that next day I was just, I think it was a Sunday. It was a Sunday. And I was like, I just want to draw. I want to do something new. So I just came up with two characters, which were the main characters, Erica and her sister Keisha, or Kiki for short. 
and I was like, I really like these two characters. I kind of draw magical girls in like a default. <laughs> so I just draw magical girls and I put them out there and I'll just have them. So mm-hmm. uh, back, what is it? Back in June, I drew like six different ones just for fun because I could. But for Bug County in particular, I just started off with Erica and Keisha in thinking about how I wanted those two characters to work before I even thought about making more characters. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the majority of the story kind of stems around. Like now I kind of have a better idea of where the story's going to go, what my three main plot points are. But originally the story is about Erica and Keisha and their relationship as sisters with like a fairly decent age gap of being 13 and 18. Ah, yeah, that's a pretty big age gap. Yeah, so Erica is, you know, about to leave high school, about to be on her own, but also is about to start taking over her butterfly duties because her mother is about to go off into more strenuous missions and stuff, doing more higher up stuff for the insect world. But, she, you know, she'll still be around, but it's going to be more so on Erica to keep the neighborhood safe in their sector as far as it goes for the butterflies. But for Keisha, Keisha's like... I don't understand what's happening because Erica is very much so a teenager, very much so I want to be with my friends, I want to party, I want to date this girl, I have things to do, I already know I'm <laughs> training, I'm, I got it, it's fine. And then Keisha's like, but you suck at it. <laughs> so they, they kind of butt heads. And it's not even that Erica sucks because, uh, I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but by the time... We get to this current Friday. You can tell that Erica is quite good at what she does. She knows what she's doing. They butt okay. head on their priorities when it comes to their powers. Okay. So um, just to kind of like rewind us a little bit, uh, could you describe in as basic as you want? I've only I've read what you have uh, so far. It's a few pages, but uh, and I've seen the characters. The characters are great so far. I really mm-hmm. uh, love the character designs, but. Um, yeah, it, if you could just kind of mm, very basically summarize what the story is. Bug County is about six girls figuring out how to be teens, get along with each other while trying to keep the neighborhood safe from each other, from their own power. In the most basic sense, that's kind of what's happening. Okay, I see. Because... The thing with Bug County is that, uh, I don't know if you've seen um, my promo art that I put out before I put out the first page. They're fighting this big prey mantis, but the main thing is that the issues that the girls have with each other is the primary conflict for, I think, the first half of the series. Mm -hmm. So what happens in the first couple pages we see a lot of dragonflies kind of flying around causing a havoc in the town in the neighborhood because um our dragonfly character andrea is upset so we kind of see how their power how they affect the bugs and stuff around them yeah so without there being a clear-cut villain it's kind of like they are the villains in the eyes of the town. Ah, I see. That's interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, as the title and everything suggests, all the magical girls, their um, abilities are based on different bugs. So, yeah, the, the main characters, Erica and um, Keisha, they have that uh, butterfly theme, and as well as their mother, right, also has yeah. the same 
Yeah, they they just all look so cute. I love the designs. <laughs> um, they're I mean I always kind of gravitate towards the kind of more floral stuff anyway. But yeah, same. I do like all the designs. So, <laughs> and I'm gonna out myself here because mm-hmm. I'm actually terrified of bugs. <laughs> oh, interesting. <Terrified. laughs> I mean, I think that's a that's pretty normal. <laughs> uh, I think most most people have at least. Uh, a slight fear of bugs Uh, I know I do as well so uh doing research for some of these characters have has gotten slightly (laughs) uh (laughs) time I see (laughs) yeah but they they're really interesting designs because of that that sort of thing so how long has this um comic been going I think this is our second week as of right now Mm -hmm. uh and I have it on a two-week schedule, not two-week, but a two-post schedule for right now. So every Wednesday and Friday, I'm posting new pages. And that's just kind mm-hmm. of it off to a solid uh, start. So there's a decent amount of pages from the beginning. And then maybe later on, if my schedule picks up a lot more, I'll probably drop it to maybe like one page a week. Or if I have a backlog, maybe I'll continue up the two pages a week. But my goal is to get the webcomic to at least the 25th page, kind of like a first issue of a comic type thing. Right. And try and gauge the audience. I, I hope that people are excited, though, because I, I really do like uh, the story so far. Well, it does have a lot of, um, at least from what I've seen on Twitter, I've seen a lot of people are, seem very excited by the designs and things. So looks good so far. <laughs> yeah, that was really fun Because this isn't the first magical girl series that i've kind of had but it is the one that i'm uh, trying to like stick with i've had like other ideas that i i didn't really follow through with but bug county i'm putting putting all my eggs in a basket on that one (laughs) so uh, can you talk more about that what have you done before this so back in my tumblr days i had this other idea for magical girls um (laughs) Which, looking back now, it's almost kind of like a like a Sailor Moon rip, but a very beloved Sailor Moon rip. Mm-hmm. But it was called Galaxy Peach, and there was four different magical girls. So Galaxy Peach, Galaxy Pear, Galaxy Plum, and then Galaxy Cherry. I love it already. <laughs> Those names are great. Some images of the art I had from back then mm-hmm. um, after this, but they were super cute. And they had to fight all the evil fruit vampires from space. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what was the lore for that? There was this space farmer. <laughs> hmm. And there was, like, these mystical fruit. And somehow the fruit made it to Earth and it made it into the local uh food ecosystem of earth so all the humans have like a little piece of fruit in their in their life in their heart and the the fruit vampires from space want to take the the fruit essence out of the humans very similar to a a season two sailor moon alex and nani type thing (laughs) okay i see that's interesting i mean i think it works i i don't really think it sounds so much like it's connected to sailor moon actually i mean of course, Sailor Moon is set in space, but even <laughs> Sailor Moon wasn't the first magical girl from space, so uh, <laughs> I think that's fine. But yeah, that sounds really, actually sounds really cute, and you know, I love the names, so I'm looking forward to seeing how those look. Um, 
Have you seen Star Twinkle Pretty Cure at all, by the way? That was the one that was last year. It's Pretty Cure. Oh, I didn't see any of Star Twinkle, but I did see their designs. They're very, very cute. Yeah. I think you might like it. It's really good. It's really, really good. I will have to Star Twinkle. I yeah. think. Is that the season with the first Latina Precure? Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cure uh, Soleil is um, Japanese and Mexican. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm excited. I'll have to Yeah, there's, there's some really good episodes. I haven't seen all of it, but like, there was one episode that I really liked that was kind of a comment on colonialism. That was like, um, it just seemed like really deep for a show for kids. But uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of an interesting thing because they, they have to go to other planets and kind of um, they're collecting things and also rescuing people and so on. And yeah, all the, even on the villains are very interesting. It's a, I think it's a pretty solid season and the movie was incredibly excellent and it was the first one I had seen in theaters so it was very big experience for me <laughs> oh, wow imagine being to see a Brickier movie in theaters I <laughs> yeah it was great I was well I was all by myself usually you get like a miracle light but they only give it to like kids and parents so because I was just a, an adult by myself they didn't give me one which kind of sucks, but whatever. And I was just like alone by myself in a corner while all these other people were taking their kids to see the movie in like the afternoon. You know, it's fine. As long as you, as long as you enjoyed yourself. I absolutely enjoyed myself. I cried a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, getting back to um, Bug County. Yeah. So uh, generally, what would you say are the main influences of Bug County? I guess any particular series that you were thinking of when coming up with this one or is it like mostly original it's pretty mostly original but i will say i think and here's here's the thing i guess it's like kind of blasphemous in this talk a lot of my influence lately has been from shonen's <laughs> i've been mm-hmm. watching a lot of naruto a lot of one piece so <laughs> i want to have a lot of that like adventurous fun feeling but definitely still rooted in like this sweet joyous saturated girly magical girl world and it's even like girly is kind of a stretch because Erica and Keisha are very girly but I do have more masculine leading characters in the lineup so it's like different kinds of girls and I thought that was really fun to have this time around with my cast yeah I think it's I think it's good to have like yeah, that variety. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that even like a series like Pretty Gear has. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, who would you say is the target audience of your webcomic? Ooh, okay. So I went. I want to say. My heart wants to say it's everybody, but I know how I'm gonna write it. It's not gonna get too intense, but I would say teenagers young teen older teen to like young adults we can all still like enjoy bug county because a lot of the themes aren't going to be over the heads of teenagers like they'll be able to understand the concepts and stuff mm-hmm. and even on the site that i host my webcomic on i do have it like a mark for language sometimes because you know sometimes you just gotta you just gotta say a curse word every now and again like <laughs> okay it's needed for exclamation Mm -hmm. and since 
Erica and some of the cast are older teenagers, there is like an implication of sexual themes, but I'm not really trying to make it very sexual if that if that makes sense. Sure, yeah. Like implied like people are doing it, but doesn't mean that you're gonna show it. Yeah. Exactly. Like just trying to show just that growing relationship of you becoming an adult and trying to figure out what it means to be an adult now in your own life as like a daughter, but also a magical girl, but also someone who's like trying to date still. And there's like a lot of things that kind of go into that, that I wanted a little bit more of a wider range to kind of cover. Yeah, that makes sense. So I guess the next question would be, um, well, we already talked about like your magical girl concepts before, but have you done any other kinds of uh, web comics or other original material? Oh boy. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> graduate college Thursday. So in two days from now, I'm, I'll be completely done with school. Ooh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. Let's see. So I've been writing down all my ideas for years and years and years. And through my time throughout college, I've been just like making mini comics for like my projects and stuff. So I've been able to see all my ideas kind of come to some sort of fruition throughout the years. I have this one called The Glass Maiden, and it's about a little girl who finds a glass slipper, and she brings it home to her mom, and she puts it on her mom's foot because she's so excited about it. But the glass slipper doesn't turn her mom into a princess, but it turns her mom into a glass figure. <laughs> so. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't be laughing. So uh, the little girl's mom turns in the glass and the dad comes downstairs to find out the mom's been turned in the glass. And he's like, you have to go find the witch in the woods. She'll know how to help us. And she goes to the witch in the woods and she's like, okay, I understand. I'll, I'll try and help you the best I can. And she gets there and she's like, oh, it's much worse than I thought. A spell like this, I need, I need your soul. And then the dad gives up his soul so he can bring his wife back. But as he's turning in the glass and the daughter is waiting for the mom to come back, he can kind of see like the mom coming out of glass and the dad turning in the glass. The witch turns to the daughter and she's like, I didn't mention how many souls I needed for this. And she turns the daughter into glass too. So the whole family gets turned into glass. Wow. And the witch takes the mom back to her castle and the little girl wakes up and she's in this pantry, like a china cabinet full of other glass figurines. And uh, her goal is to get back to find her mom and rescue her mom and dad from the castle and the witch. Wow, that's really interesting. That's kind of like a, a kind of fairy tale vibe. I really dig it. Yeah, so that was one of the first ones I made, and mm -hmm. I, I'll probably try and redraw it now, because it was very early into my career at SCAD, but um, that was the first one I made. The second one I made was My Dog Sitter's Dog Sitter. <laughs> okay. It's about a witch girl and her best friend who owns a pet shop. And her best friend has a crush or, oh, hold on, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot how confusing the story is. Okay, so there's the older teenage witch and then there's the younger girl teenage witch and their neighbors, their parents are close. So they're kind of like childhood friends, like neighbors, like they, they've grown up together. And then the older teenage witch has a best friend who owns a pet shop. And she thinks that she's a witch, but her and her family are actually werewolves in disguise, trying not to get caught by the High Witch Coven 
of the town. Oh, okay. So what happens is the young girl gets a pet dog because she wanted it so much, but she couldn't watch the dog. So she's like, hey, neighbor friend, can you watch the dog for me? And she's like, yeah, sure. Of course I'll watch the dog for you. Okay. And she realized she's old. So she asked her friend who has a pet shop, hey, can you watch this dog for me? You're great with dogs. Can you please? And she does it because she's gay and she's in love with her best friend. So she's like, of course I'll watch the dog for you. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> I see. Yeah, and uh, because she is a werewolf, she can understand the dog, so it's kind of like these shenanigans between the girls and the werewolf girl trying to tell her best friend that she likes her, and the dog giving her advice on like when she should make a move and stuff. It's it's very cute. It's kind of lighthearted, and I think I had there be a plot twist in uh, which the dog is actually a head wizard or witch in disguise trying to catch the werewolf family as werewolves. So that was fun. Yeah, I wish I could explain that one better. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, <laughs> I can see you really love dogs. I do! <laughs> this isn't technically a magical girl series, but do you know the comic Guru Guru Ponchan? I don't think I do. Oh, okay. That one is about a golden retriever who, by quote-unquote science, becomes a regular girl, like a human girl. Oh my goodness. But only for like a short amount of time, and and it becomes like a kind of romantic comedy. It's like kind of, for me, it's, I mean, it's a shoujo series, but it's not exactly magic. It's alleged science, but the same way like Tokyo Mew Mew is science, so. Yeah. But yeah, so that's really interesting. You have a lot of different um, ideas. Are you planning to uh, make this your career in the future, like to be a comic book artist? Oh, definitely. My One of my biggest goals, and I'm going to try talking to a few editors about this later, I want to try and get the first 25 pages out. So once I get the first arc done, I think I'll try and do like a Kickstarter or something for a physical copy of the first issue. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then once I have maybe like a hundred pages done or something, um, I'll want to do like a bigger graphic novel printing of it, and maybe by then I'll be able to start pitching it out to different people because I know a few editors right now who I might be able to pitch it to, but um, as we kind of talked about, I don't have a script for Bug County, mm-hmm. so I can't really move forward with pitching it right now as it's very much so just like as I go and part of me feels like I should just sit down and write a script but at the same time I have really just been enjoying um the process of just kind of feeling out the pages as I go and I don't know if I want to give up that just yet yeah it's a very interesting process you're like really going week by week so um even you don't know exactly where things are going to go it's very uh exciting I think (laughs) Yeah, so um, as of right now, the first seven pages are kind of thumbnailed already because mm-hmm. there was I was just like on a I was on a streak. I was just going, 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 and yeah. um, I was able to <laughs> seven pages kind of thumbnailed. So that's cool. Um, it's after page seven, so page eight and onward will be like new ideas that I'll have to remember uh, 
what's happening prior because I remember I posted episode not episode page two and everyone was so excited they're like what's gonna happen next week and I was like oh I too I too want to know what I wrote for next week <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's definitely very interesting I mean I'm kind of the opposite I also have a ton of magical girl stories but I really write out the full script so mm-hmm. I'm like sitting on all these different uh documents of just like things that are like 30 40 chapters of stuff oh that's probably have to change the chapters a bit when actually drawing them out but yeah just haven't had the time (laughs) so hopefully one day whenever I'm ready I have a lot of notes I I don't even know if I remember all the things I've written sometimes I think I want to say like last year or the year before I was trying to organize some notes and I found a notebook with a magical girl series concept that I don't remember writing. <laughs> yeah, so that's about as organized as uh, I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, now my uh, next question. Um, so if you could be a magical person, what do you think your persona would be like? Okay, okay. So here's, I knew this question would trip me up because <laughs> I always can figure out, like, what everyone else's powers would be as like a magical girl but like for me what would it be um I feel like my color would be like a coral actually I'm lying to myself why am I lying to myself and saying I would be (laughs) (laughs) it would be like lavender (laughs) Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. lavender and then I don't what would my it's kind of hard I feel like I'm a bubbly person but a very energetic bubbly person if that makes sense yeah I think so so I would want I can't think of a motif I can't think of like the perfect motif for me right now that's <laughs> but okay I have, like, a, like a cool weapon like uh when I play like MMOs and stuff I always like to be like archer classes so mm-hmm. I like to have a bow and then like one of those big old broadswords. I don't know if magical girls have broadswords, but maybe mine could like slash Ooh. love into your heart or something. Yeah, there there are some who wield swords. I don't see any problem with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a magical love sword. We love that. Yeah, definitely. I get it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think maybe in Happy Seven someone has a sword. I'm trying to remember. But anyway, yeah, that sounds super cute. Like I'm trying to remember. I mean, usually from I mean your your art on uh, Twitter and as well your selfies, you have always like lavender and pink going on. So I feel like those are your colors, at least from what I see on Twitter. (laughs) I do. I do love lavender and pink, and it's it's taken me a long, long time to realize that as much as I love pink, I I love purple and lavender to wear the most but I like to be surrounded by pink so it's kind of like me having to balance it out between the two like I do love you both very dearly (laughs) Mm, I see that's really interesting yeah so uh, if people want to read Bug County where can they read it so um, if you want to read Bug County, you can read it at bugcounty.webcomic.ws, and it updates every Wednesday and every Friday. 
Great. And is there any other way that people can support you and your work? Um, if you want to support me, you can follow me either on Twitter or Instagram, both by Petal Romance. And I have a Kofi, Kofi, which is also a Petal Romance if you want to find me there. Well, thank you very much for talking to me today about your series and about Magical Girls in general. I've had a great time. <laughs> oh, me too. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll see you around on Twitter. <laughs> sure will. And I'll send you those old pictures of our Galaxy Peach. Oh, I'm looking forward to that very much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sparkleside Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. Please subscribe, rate, and review if you like it, and don't forget to tell your friends about the show if you think they'd be interested. If you use social media, don't forget to use the hashtag Sparkleside Chats. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Magical Girl Ayu, spelled A Y U, and you can find me at Ayu She Knows. A-Y-U-S-H-E-K-N-O-W-S Show notes can be found on your platform of choice or at anchor.fm slash sparkleside. Anchor is also where you can leave a short message if you want to talk about your favorite magical girl or ask a question of the podcast. You can also leave your questions and comments by email at sparklesidechats at gmail.com. If you can support the podcast financially, you can buy me a coffee at co-fi.com slash ayushinos. Original podcast music is by Hazel. You can find her on Twitter at Twinkle Parks. Thanks again for listening, and remember, you are magical. Magical.